It's time for Love Talk with your hosts, Kathy and Carrie. And welcome, friends, to Love Talk. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood in Austin, Central Texas. You have found the Love Ladies, friends, on 101.1 FM and 1120 AM. Maybe you're live streaming with us today on the bridge, Austin. Well, we welcome you and want to know how your Saturday is going. We love to check in with you each week. This is Kathy Enderbrock. And in the studio, we have a special guest, but we also have my amazing co-host, Coach Carrie Brinkader. Coach Carrie, how are you doing today? Oh, my stars. I'm doing so well, Kathy. You know, here we are in the middle of February, and it's basketball season playoff time uh, for my team. I know for your daughter's team as well. And so that makes me incredibly happy. And, um, you know, just loving life this time of year. It's so beautiful and just so grateful and thankful to be with you love talk friends i know well you know it's valentine we have finished valentine's week yes. so you know friends i i love check, being able to check in with everyone on saturday and i just ask you uh listening friends how was your valentine's week and i want to tell you if you didn't get all the love you needed stay tuned we're going to fill up your love bucket today yes and we will. so you can you can prepare for that we had such a fun time oh coach carrie with our valentine's program <laughs> last saturday mm-hmm. we had our husbands ashley and eric in with us god bless them yes. um, my favorite part of that program was all the great questions we had to get reconnected and friends I'll tell you if you missed it you need to go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com or go to our podcast at love talk radio network and get that program it was a ton of fun a little bit of behind the scenes um, (laughs) insight uh, from our husband's perspective you know Kathy after that program it's so funny Ashley said you know To finish up that program, listening friends, again, if you missed it, go to our archives or go to our podcast. Um, We kind of peppered our husbands with these connection questions, (laughs) right? And we we made them answer the questions. And after the program, he goes, I'm really looking forward to you answering those questions tonight. (laughs) So so we went back through some of those questions, and I I answered them. So that was a lot of fun. I I definitely encourage our listeners to go and, and check out that program. You know, and it was a great reminder to me that, you know what, our husbands like to hear how handsome they are. They do. And, you know, I always think, oh, yeah, tell your wife how nice her hair looks or, you know, that she looks beautiful today. But, gosh, girls, we've got to do the same for our guys, mm-hmm. too. I forget that. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was so beneficial to me. Well, I tell you, um, you know, we talked in January about hope being a virtue rather than a feeling And the same can be said about love. And so, friends, I hope that during this month of February, this incredible month that we have this great opportunity to really focus on love and share love and remember that love is an action verb, uh, that we've really gotten to engage and um, share some love and engage in love. And we want to talk about love as being really the greatest virtue of them all. Hope is a virtue, but, boy, love somehow ties them all together in unity and we want to be women of virtue we want to pursue kindness and goodness and chastity gentleness peace self-control joy you know this whole idea about uh being a a bad girl or a rebel that's so mainstream like what's what's cool about that there's nothing cool about everyone's doing that but to be a virtuous woman that is the exception, and that is more valuable than rubies, and and I love it. And we have a special guest in with us today, and she is a wife, a mom, a professor, uh, a, a vice president, all, all wrapped up in this one amazing, powerful package, mm-hmm. and she's going to talk with us about loving our children and blessing our neighbors. And when I think about a virtuous woman, this gal comes to mind, and we're going to introduce her and bring her in with us in just a moment. Um, Carrie, would you share with us our key verse that's going to really anchor our program today? Absolutely. Colossians 3.14, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What a picture that is when you, I mean, it's just a word picture. Um of all these virtues put on love because that's the one that allows all of these other virtues to come together. 
And you got a really neat phone call from your from your son. I love it. I when did. we just pour out love all over our kids, boy, it just splashes back on us in those special moments when our kids call us, when mm-hmm. they don't have to call us and they mm-hmm. call us and share good news. It's you got some good news today from your guy. We from did. your son. Yes, 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 yes. So listening friends, you guys have been following the journey of Logan, um, our baby giant Logan. Uh, you know, he uh, has been non-weight bearing on this really difficult injury now uh, since the end of November, and he went to physical therapy this week. And he called me as soon as he was finished with physical therapy on the way to school, and he said, "Mom, I got to walk today." And he was so excited. He thought he had one more week to go of not putting any weight on that leg, but he got to um, earlier this week, and I'm just so happy for him. So I think now he. He can see that there is light at the end of this injury tunnel, and he can start uh, doing the things that he really, really loves. And uh, he said he was exhausted <laughs> even after just, you know, a few steps. Um, but I guess that's to be expected when you haven't really put any weight on a limb in almost three months. So that, I, I don't think that Logan has ever moved that little in his entire <laughs> life. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, Kathy, I just want to remind everybody about your amazing book, My Voice, His Heart. Um, Listening friends, what a glorious thing Kathy has done with this book, My Voice, His Heart, uh, experiencing prayer in God's will. And Kathy, tell our listening friends how they can get a hold of your book and a little bit more about it. Well, I, you know, I just, I love the things that God is doing with this. We had um, a church call and order 100 books for their Bible study this spring. And I'll tell you, if we really, what this book is designed to be not just a book for a woman to take and read and begin praying. You don't just learn about prayer, ladies. Um, I'm going to hold your hand as a prayer coach, and I'm going to have you start praying out loud from day one. And we're going to do it together. It's based on a six-week um, study five days a week, 15 minutes a day, very, very manageable. And um, my heart is also for women's ministry leaders uh, who really want to see um, just the Holy Spirit fuel a fire, a passionate fire within their women for prayer. And I want to come alongside those women's ministry leaders in, in every church and help them uh, not just teach their women to pray, but get their women starting to pray. And so um, lots of fun activities and ideas around that. And so if you are a women's ministry leader um, or a pastor of a church and you would like a copy of My Voice, His Heart to consider for your ladies' Bible study this spring or this fall, you can text us on the love line at 512-644-7972 and we will send you out a free copy uh, for you to consider. And we just are excited about what God's doing with it and looking forward to getting that in your hands. And so, I, you know, I, the days are full, Coach Carrie, mm-hmm. and I'm always excited to see what God's doing. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, for Valentine's Day this last week, did you end up going out and doing something? No, we did not. Uh, we actually had a game on Valentine's Day. And, so, and it was kind of funny. We we kind of forgot. I mean, we exchanged cards. Um, Ashley and I exchanged cards, and uh, he bought me some flowers, which was super sweet, and I got him a little present, and we um, we gifted the children a tank of gas. I mean, you know, we felt like that was the best way we could show them love at this stage, because <laughs> so, gas is so expensive, um, and so it was just a really nice day. We had a great game on Monday night, and um, it, it was, you know, I... It, for my family, it's a great way to spend Valentine's Day is on the basketball court. So um, for, for yes, your family, I think you guys went out to dinner? Yes, we went out to dinner and then went out to a gymnastics meet. Oh, so nice. your family played basketball. My family watched <laughs> someone <laughs> else do it, which is kind of typical for, you know, the Breen Caters uh, versus the end of rock. So funny. I will never forget the time that you came out and visited, and we all went and got on the basketball court together, and I thought, Oh my, we are so very different. I think Faithy was the only one who didn't completely embarrass herself. Oh, uh, you had some skills, Kathy. We 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 enjoyed our time out there with you so much. 
Well, Kathy, um, you know, today is such a special day. We have been praying about and really uh, looking forward to our having this beautiful guest in studio with us today. I'd like you to go ahead and introduce our special guest. I would love to. So today we have Mercy Allerid. Now, we've had our husband Brian Allerid on before, but we have not been able to have Mercy with us, and we're so excited to have her with us today. She currently serves as the Vice President of Equipping and Communication in America Praise, um, and her husband Brian is President and CEO of America Praise, so they get to work on that ministry together, which we're excited to hear a lot about today. They're also raising three beautiful children to be fully devoted disciples of Christ, three teenagers, Wow. wow, so we're going to get some insights there. And for the last 24 years, her multifaceted experience has included founding Bible schools in several nations, co-founding and co-pastoring Passion Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and serving as an adjunct professor at Regent University in Virginia Beach and uh, Central New Mexico Community College in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She's also the founder of Virtuous Women, a movement that unites women in prayer, equips them to discover their virtue in Christ, and empowers them to disciple others. Just an amazing woman, all wrapped up in one. Welcome to Love Talk, Mercy Allerid. Oh, thank you so much. What a privilege it is to be here, just to hear your stories. I love the friendship between the two of you, the depth of friendship that there is there, that this is a um, just a... Two friends, three friends talking, and what a privilege to, to come and share my story with you all. We're so happy to have you in studio, Mercy. You are just, you are not only a beautiful woman, but you are so multi-talented. Um, you know, we just have a few questions for you today. Our first question is, how did you come to know that Jesus loves you, Mercy? Um, that's a really good question and a, a, a long answer that I will make short for this radio program. <laughs> but my my sister, she at the I think it was at the age of two, she was diagnosed with an incurable disease, oh, wow. and uh, she was going blind. The do- doctors told her that by the by age fifteen she would be completely blind. Mm-hmm. And uh, my parents were nominal Catholics. I think that there's Catholics that are on fire for God and serve God beautifully. But my parents were just nominal. They would go to church on Easter and Christmas, mm-hmm. and that was it. But my mom had an encounter with God and began going to this evangelical church. And this preacher came, and, and uh, he said, hey, bring everybody who's sick, and tonight we're going to pray for them. So my mom got all of us together. We went to church. And that night, uh, the preacher asked at the end of his sermon, he said, hey, who who would like God to do a miracle for you? And my sister, who was seven years old at that time, jumped up and said, I want a miracle. I want my sight back. And instantly, the Lord healed her completely, like completely. She had bottleneck glasses. I mean, it was thick, thick glasses. If she took them off, she couldn't see. So she needed glasses to see. And he prayed over her and she was instantly healed. Um, but we, you know, it was weird because they they said, how do you feel after she, he prayed for her? And she said, well, um, I can't see anything. Mom, I can't see anything. She was panicking because she could see less than before the preacher, you know, prayed for her. And my mom just, it just dawned on her, take your glasses off, honey. And so she did. She took her glasses off and could see everything. We were in a church of like 300 at that time, a church that grew to 6,000 um, later in, in life. But she, it was just a miracle. Everybody was jumping up and down because we had all grown up together. They knew, you know, who she was and God instantly healed her. And that night I knew that Jesus was God. I mean, I had known it. You know, I remember going to church and kneeling before the statue of, you know, the Virgin Mary with little Jesus. But I I always knelt because of the baby. Uh, And I didn't know why. But that night, he wasn't a baby anymore. You know, that night he was God (laughs) Almighty. And I knew if if he cares about my seven-year-old sister, he cares about me. Mm -hmm. And I never doubted it again. I just knew I was thoroughly loved and that whatever I needed, I had in him. So that's how I grew up. I grew up uh, in the charismatic renewal. I grew up in um, in, a, in a place of miracles, wonder signs, and it's just, it just marked me. So I, I really never doubt God's love. I may doubt my ability, which is really good because without him, I'm nothing. But I, I don't doubt that God loves me and that he is all powerful and that any need that I have, any any sickness, he's there to provide for it, to heal it to deliver, to do anything that I need 
for his glory and his purposes. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Mercy, I don't know how you're going to top that answer, (laughs) but we have a lot more for you. We're excited to hear about everything God has done in your life, is doing in your life, and we know there's going to be so much wisdom in the program today. Friends, we're going to take a break and hear from our incredible sponsors that keep Love Talk on the air every single week in Central Texas for the last 36 years. We're going to be back with Mercy Allered. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Hello, you right friends, after this. And welcome back to Love Talk. This is Coach Carrie Brinkader, and we are so grateful that you are spending time with the Love Ladies today. Of course, my good friend and co-host, Kathy Enderbrock. And in studio today, we have a special guest, Mercy Allered. You heard a little bit about her and from her in, in our first segment, friends. Wow, this... Uh, Mercy is just an unbelievable woman. Um, She's not only a wife, but a mom of teenagers, um, vice president, uh, an adjunct professor, the 6 a.m. prayer captain for her church's 24-7 prayer ministry. Wow. Mercy. How how do you manage? When do you sleep, girl? <laughs> oh, I sleep really well, actually. I, I could I could actually just lay down right now and fall asleep. But um, well, you know, I just the Lord has um, in the at the beginning of the year He asked me to write down everything that I actually do on a daily basis. So I wrote it down, and He's and uh, He reminded me of the things that He told me to do this year, right? Mm. Like important because every year I, I revisit and I say, Lord, what is it that You want me to do? So I I wrote it down, and He asked me, and this is a, a advice from Rick Warren that He's given us and, and and other people, not just us, but publicly. And He said every time I take on something new. I have to give up something old. And so I had to look at both lists and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And the things that were on the old list were super important to me. But it's seasons in life, right? We're here to serve God, to do the things that he wants us to do. And so if the grace is not on it, then it's not a good thing anymore, right? And so I looked at it, and I was teaching a class on apologetics uh, to my kids. They're homeschooled. Two of them are homeschooled. Uh, one of them goes to public school, but I was teaching them, and I was teaching some other kids in New Mexico virtually. And the Lord said, it's time to let that go. And I said, but but I love it. I love teaching my kids. And he says, time to let it go. You're going to switch to something else. It's time for Brian to mentor uh, Colin mm-hmm. in the Bible. And so let that go, and I have something else for you to do. And so put this thing here in that spot. And I said, yes. Yeah. So I let go of that. So that's how I manage. Mm-hmm. I just say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do today? What is it that you want me to do in the next quarter, the next semester? Just because I, you know, I think semesters because of, you know, uh, school. Um, And he does. And he gives us so much grace. We all have 24 hours a day. Uh, We have to seize it and uh, do God's will. And by God's grace, I'm. I'm just learning to rest in him, do what I can do, and then leave the rest in God's hands. So that's wow. how I manage. You know, we said that you're a, you're a vice president. You are vice president of equipping and communication at America Praise. And America Praise is uh, something that you and your husband started together. Tell us a little bit about what your role is and a little bit about America Praise. Yes. So America Praise, the essence of it is we seek to cover America in 24-7 prayer. The churches come together in 24-7 prayer uh, for a national spiritual awakening. So churches uh, right now in 14 different states are praying. So not one church doesn't pray 24 hours a day. Actually, my church does. And I I, I would love to tell you that story. But there's uh, churches that pray one day a month, and they pray for 24 hours, and then the next church takes over, and then the next Mm. church takes over. And so that way, their cities are covered in a canopy of 24-7 prayer. So that's what we do here in America and overseas. We have an initiative called Pray for All, and we are really focused on praying for every person in the world by name and sharing Christ with them. And so in America, we do 24-7 prayer and and around the world. We do 24-7 prayer as well, but we are uh, more focused on uh, on evangelism, of getting people to pray for people by name and, and start sharing Christ with them. So my role at America Praise is um, I can kind of encapsulate it in the words of the disciples when they came to him and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Mm-hmm. So prayer is the most um, um, is the most natural language of the human being. We are born to, mm-hmm. to pray. We're born to talk to God. You are, if you're a Buddhist, if you're a, I mean, every person in the world prays, even an atheist when they're in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever your religion <laughs> is, 
you're you're drawn to prayer, right? But um, I love the question that, uh, or the the request of the disciples, because they said, "Teach us how to pray." He prayed in such an amazing way. He prayed in such an effective way because they 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 connected the way that he lived to his prayers. Mm. So they said, "We've mm. got to learn how to pray like that. We got to learn how." Prayer can actually start affecting our lives. And so my role at America Praise is, yes, we want to engage people in prayer, but we want to teach them how to pray. We want to, mm-hmm. we want to point them to Jesus and say, hey, this is how we pray. This is how we pray together. And I love, I love Kathy's book because it's about praying God's will mm-hmm. um, over, over our lives and over, over people. But how can, we, how can we pray God's will if we don't know it, if we're not in the word? And so that's where mm-hmm. equipping comes in. That's where discipleship comes in is to say, hey, it's not always, um, it's not just about praying and talking to, about, uh, to God about anything and everything. God has already declared his, his word, already declared his will. So we must be full of the word to pray mm-hmm. the word right mm-hmm. that's it's it's the word of god that created the heavens and the earth so when we are full of the word and we pray those out that's what creates things that's what what um what what draws the hand of god to do miracles in our lives um mm-hmm. and that's the power of prayer so i equip people um here in america and overseas i work with teams with partners all over the world and say hey how can we equip people in prayer how can we design resources that will draw them to pray, prayer and that could be books it could be you know little flyers it can be apps we're working on apps that oh, nice. that connect the world on on praying for people by name and sharing christ with them so working with all levels of partners saying what can we do to facilitate people praying and learning how to pray wow wow i love this and you know national the let's see collegiate day of prayer is this coming week on february 24th and you know i would just encourage individuals who have never stepped forward in prayer uh, possibly never step forward in prayer for others which you know we sometimes we refer to as intercessory prayer Go and get started. You can use Collegiate Day of Prayer as just your, uh, your hey, I'm going to try this. I'm going to go and commit to signing up and praying over a mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. campus. And, Mercy, one of the things that I love about you and Brian is that you not only have your eyes open to what is happening happening internationally, what is happening in your nation, your own nation, and in your own city, and in your own community, but you focus on your family and your neighbors as well. And, uh, you know, the program today is about loving your children and blessing your neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it just is amazing to me because with everything that you and Brian do, you do not neglect uh, the smallest of these. You know, you don't neglect the home. And, you know, there's so many stories of pastor's kids where the pastors get so, um, all of their time gets taken up by the the church family that their kids uh, just have to get what's left over of their time. And yet you and Brian are able to manage beautifully that, no, your kids also equally are that priority. And you have this incredible uh, acrostic. Um, You say that you, you, your approach in raising your children is to use everyday moments to mentor and coach them to be devoted followers of Christ. And you have an acrostic bless where you are blessing them moment by moment and then you teach them the same, how they can be a blessing to their neighbors. Would you walk through this acrostic with us? Sure. I, I believe that the call of God is um, generational. The call of God is not just on my life, but it was first on my mom. Mm-hmm. And it was first on my grandmother. And I see that as every generation passes, that that, that call is placed. Whether You know, uh, my son is into culinary arts. My daughter's into graphic design. But there's this familial call that goes from uh, uh, through the bloodline. And it is my responsibility as a, as a mother, as a shepherd, um, as a wife, to nurture that call, to see that and say, hey, my kids are not called to minister 30 years from now. I, they're called to minister now. They're called to, to serve the Lord now mm-hmm. and to not just say, hey, you're called, but to give what God has given me and say, here, here you go. So every generation can fulfill their call in a in a quicker way, in an easier way, right? And so um, the, our kids are priority after God and each other. They're priority number one. So really priority number three, right, after yeah. God and, and, and our marriage. But uh, a big, big priority. And uh, 
uh, we pivot according to our family. And so uh, we uh, we prioritize them. We we love them. We homeschool our kids. And one of them goes to public school, but every night we spend some time with them and and um, teach them about God. That's the most important thing to us that they know God for themselves and they and they experience Him. And uh, we actually bring him in to the work of the ministry. You'll hear him talking about America Praise and about anything and everything we're involved in. And uh, they'll actually say, "Hey, you should do this." And sometimes we're like, "You're right." Let me take that that idea to the board, and they know that their that their opinion counts. Mm-hmm. And so there is um, a, a strategy that's uh, encapsulated in, in an acrostic called Bless. And Bless was, I mean, it, it's been in in the church for a long, long time, but we learned it really from Dave Ferguson, who is the president of Exponential, who they've um, planted churches. In so many countries, Church Planting Network, he's a pastor in Chicago and has has written a book on it. It's called Bless. And Bless uh, stands for the way that you bless your neighbors, the way that you bless your uh, people in your life, and the way that you actually uh, evangelize and disciple people. B stands for begin with prayer. Everything begins with prayer. Mm -hmm. We don't do anything after, before we pray. So we pray for people. We pray for them by name. We ask God what it is that he, that he wants for their lives. We spend time praying for them. L stands for listening, listen to them. Sometimes we're so quick in telling them, hey, we have a message. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus loves you. Did you know you're going to hell? You know, if you don't accept Jesus right now. And we turn people off mm-hmm. where uh, we understand that the people are important to God, so important that he gave his, his, his son, Jesus. His son spent 33 years on earth ministering to people, right, mm-hmm. and gave his life. And then the Acts of the Apostles came, and then the gospel was preached. But for 33 years, he was on earth doing miracles, loving on people, listening to them. So we, we teach, pray for them, and then listen to their stories. Sit with them mm-hmm. and, and listen to their hearts and their, and their dreams and their visions, because all of those are, uh, their dreams are, are God-given. So listen to them. E stands with eat with them. And this is something that we've taught our kids since they were really young. They know that our home is a, is a home of hospitality. So every week, almost. We're having, we're hosting somebody or a couple or a family uh, for dinner in our home. Some of them are statesmen. Some of them are are pastors. Some of them are leaders. Many of them are just neighbors and friends. And we have game nights. But they know that we eat with people, and we we actually make it a point to to get um, to invite people that are far from God and probably don't know it, and have them over to our home. And we cook the best meal that we can cook. Like I said, my son is into culinary arts, so he's taking over a lot of those duties. Nice. He's like, I want to cook. And he <laughs> makes amazing meals. And so we, we bring him over and uh, just because food has the ability to break down barriers that mm-hmm. nothing else can, right? Mm-hmm. I can sit down with you and have a conversation, and it'll be intimidating if I'm just asking you question after question. But I put a plate in front of you, a, a nice steak and a, and a baked potato, and I ask you, tell me about your life. Mm-hmm. How's it going? And and barriers come down. And so we teach our kids, you know, to, to be hospitable. And and they've really taken that on. My daughter works at, at Crumble. Have oh, you ever had a Crumble oh, cookie? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So good. And so uh, she actually gets a cookie. He, she can get a cookie every night for oh, free. nice. And so she packages it. And she's delivering them, delivering them to, to people that God puts on her heart. And I just, I just love that. So anyway, so B, begin with prayer. Listen, L is listen. E is eat with them. S stands for serve. The first S stands for serve. So before you share Christ, unless Jesus prompts you to do that before anything, you serve people. You find, find out as you eat with them, as you listen to them. Um, as you pray for them, what are their needs? What are their felt needs? Do they need food? Do they need prayer? Do they need you to stand with them during a difficult time? What is it that they need, right? And, and if you can provide it, do that for them. Uh, as a family, we serve together at our church. There's a, a Sunday in particular where we all actually serve in some capacity at our church. We serve our neighbors. We serve different people for events. Every, the kids know that when we have an event, they're off school. No questions asked. They're off school. They're serving with us because we want them to see that serving is important. So S starts for serving. And then the last S 
is share Jesus with them. Mm. So it's not just, hey, go evangelize, which we do. We go out on the streets. And I just went two Saturdays ago with my church to uh, share Christ at the mall with them, to pray for people and share Jesus with them. But we do all these things. This is relational evangelism. And then when people understand that we care about them, that God loves them, and he, they see that through us, that we can say, can we, can we tell you about our Jesus? Mm. Can we tell you mm. what he has done in our lives and what he can do for you? And, and uh, this is a longer approach, mm. but I believe in most relationships is an effective approach. So we teach mm. that to our kids. We're in the process of learning that. It's not something that we've taught for years. I think organically we've done it, but now we're intentional. We have a board that actually has the names of our neighbors. We just moved so we got to erase those names and put the new <laughs> names of our neighbors down. Uh, we became friends with those neighbors, and they're actually visiting us in our home. But now we have a new mission field, a new street. We put the names of our neighbors there. We prayed nightly for them and find um, opportunities to listen to them, to eat with them, to serve them, and to share Jesus with them. Oh, I, wow. that That is amazing, Kathy. I, I'm so inspired by that. You know, Sharing Jesus is about relationship. Yeah. It really is. When people know that you care about them and you've listened to their story and and they feel a connection with you, then they're probably already asking themselves the question, why are these people so different? That's right. Why? What is it about them that is so different than than somebody else? And then you get to say, well, it's Jesus. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's Jesus. Wow. Um, wonderful. So bless, friends. Um, begin with prayer. Listen to them. Eat with them. Serve them. And then share Christ with them. Okay, Mercy. So you and your husband, Brian, we're going to switch gears here a little bit. Y'all founded and pastored a church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Passion Church. You let go of that work in order to step full-time into the ministry of America Praise yes. and moved here to Austin. Um, and I can only imagine how hard that was to say goodbye to something that you had built for years mm-hmm. and pick up and go, okay, Lord, we know you have things in store for us um, in Austin, so so here we go. What do you see God doing in America today, and what do you believe he would do if America would just would would turn their eyes to him, what do you see going on here, Mercy? Um, in America, I see so many things, but what I see in our in our daily work with Brian, we work with many uh, national partners who are intent on America being saved mm. and being discipled. And uh, what I see, uh, I think that um, that uh, nations move and grow at the rhythm of the church. Mm-hmm. I really do. I believe that the church is the light and salt of the world, and we shape the world around us. And what I see at this particular time in the church is this move toward unity that is not uniformity. For many, many years, we thought, okay, well, if you don't think the way I do, if you don't do things the way I do them, I don't have time for you. Go do your thing for Christ and bless you, but we're not going to work together because you – um, you know, you believe in, in that, that the gifts of the Spirit are for today, so I don't, you know, mm. or you don't. You, right. You're a cessationist and you don't believe it, so I can't work with you. And mm. I don't see that as, in the circles that we move in with Brian. I see people coming together honoring each other mm. because you have Jesus in you and God speaks to you and God has given you um, an assignment for the church that without without you doing your assignment, I can't do my assignment. Just like First Corinthians says, right, about the body of Christ and it says, as every part of the body is doing their work, then the whole body of Christ can be more effective. That's what that passage means. And so mm-hmm. I see the body of Christ coming together and saying, how can I help you do your thing? It's not like, mm-hmm. can you do your thing so that I can do my thing? <laughs> right. I, I know that sounds so <laughs> right. simplistic, right? Like, uh, hey, can I, um, y- you have money, can I have money so that I can do my thing and, 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 I'll, and I'll check with you in a year. It's, it's more of, okay, you are providing resources for us what is what's the wisdom you don't just have resources you have wisdom teach us about that um you know you you do uh evangelism and i know that that's an important part like for us our our focus really is prayer mm-hmm. but that that ends in evangelism prayer that ends in tra- the transformation of cities and nations mm-hmm. but we are not specialists 
in evangelism. So we bring these these partners and say, hey, can you help us? And we will promote you. We're taking partners all over the world and paying their expenses and saying, listen to them because they have something from God. And so I see this unity, people coming together, and uh, it's not without conflict sure. and not without uh, disunity sometimes creeping in. But more and more, I see the body of Christ realizing. I mean, the world sees it. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, we talk about a one-world system. Have we not for many years? Mm-hmm. How the world is coming together? It, we we know that this crisis in Ukraine. I was just yeah. hearing about it yesterday, yeah. and President Biden and others were saying this is not uh, an isolated event. Right. If Ukraine goes down, the whole world is going to feel it. You know, in manufacturing and 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 oil and all these things that that happen over there. If that goes down, you're going to feel it. The world knows it, mm-hmm. and they're trying to work together to heal that part of the world because they know if you go down, we go down. And in the Christian world, I think that that's beginning to dawn that, wait a minute, if we don't help one another, we're going to go down. The ship is going to go down. It's not just that the church, but the world without the church is lost. We are (laughs) Jesus' feet and hands. And so if we don't help one another, then what are we doing? We're just hampering our efforts. So that's what I, what I see in America right now, um, and just an awakening of the fact that there is power in the church. That we are not a powerless body if we just if we just do what God says. If we're uh, if we live lives of integrity, of integrity, we can transform cities, and it's just just by doing what God has asked us to do. Mm. Yeah. I love that. It's like unity in the essentials and grace in the non-essentials. Amen. You right. know, yeah. I, it's, I love that. And, you know, I know one of the things that for me that I've always stumbled across, stumbled over is, um, you know, when I when I read the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, especially the New Testament, I, I see Jesus preparing a church for, for suffering. And I see suffering mm-hmm. for Christ and I see suffering mm-hmm. in Christ's life. And I've always struggled with the churches who say, no, 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 the Christian life is not about suffering. It's about prosperity. And I do believe that that God wants us to live in abundance, in peace and joy and kindness and goodness. And he wants to establish our steps and he establishes our steps in light. And when we unfold his word, it brings light. Mm -hmm. And we're not meant to live in darkness, but we're meant to be children of light. And so when I think of of the spiritual prosperity that he intends for us, it just encourages me, but I just don't see it as, as a, a, a maybe a physical prosperity that all will go well with you. And it, it makes me think through mercy, you know, when that sometimes life happens on mountaintops, absolutely. Yes. But sometimes mm-hmm. life also happens in the trenches and sometimes in the ditches as well. Mm-hmm. And the God of love, he never abandons us. Mm-hmm. Um, even when it seems that all the good times have abandoned us, God never abandoned us, us. And one of the things I love about you and Brian is that your family has walked together through um, both the mountaintops as well as some real dark valleys with some major health scares and challenges to your beautiful daughter, Chloe. And even at one point where the doctors did not believe she would make it out of the hospital alive. And I'd really like you to talk to this because I don't want our listeners to, to um, misunderstand that, oh, Mercy and Brian Allred, they have it all good. They're, you know, traveling globally and, and entertaining leaders globally and their life is just happy, happy. You have been through some major, major challenges and I'd like you to speak to those those moms and those dads, those listeners today who are maybe walking through this same reality that they love the Lord, but their life is such a struggle. Maybe it's with a health issue and they look at the, the lack of physical prosperity in their life and they think, does God really love me? Because it feels like he has abandoned me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I love a, one of the scriptures that I've been meditating a lot about is um, the one that says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. This is the Apostle Paul talking, right? Mm-hmm. He did incredible miracles, right? Raised people from the dead and, and healed and preached and saved so many people. But the heart, his heart was that I may know him and mm-hmm. the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings to be made conformable to him in his death. And, um, you know, that's that should be the cry of every believer that has been transformed by the power of Jesus is that we may know him. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's 
there's so much richness in the in the mountaintops. We get to know him there, and we all want them. And we all should celebrate when somebody's on the mountaintops and say, "Good for you! You're 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 getting to to see the the reward that God has." Because God says that He rewards the righteous, right? God says that He that, that He sets a table before them in the presence of His enemies. So we should celebrate when we're there and celebrate when we're not there. But but there's also um, the fellowship of His sufferings. That's where we get to know Jesus more than anything. Mercy, when we return to Love Talk, we're going to talk about that fellowship um, a little bit further and how you and Brian um, have had to unite to traverse some, some hard times. Uh, friends, we you don't want to miss the segment three of Love Talk. Much more with Mercy Allerid when we return right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, 101.1 FM and 1120 AM. We are building bridges of love and leadership today in studio with us, Mercy Allerid. We are learning so much. I love this. I'm going to go back and listen to this program Mm -hmm. in our archives, Mercy. Thank you so much for sharing, loving your children, blessing Mm -hmm. your neighbors. And we went out in our last segment uh, asking this question to you um, that, individuals who are going through very Mm -hmm. dark times maybe they've had a few mountaintops but boy they've been in a dark valley for a long time and it just feels like god has abandoned them um how can we get past this linking prosperity with the presence of god and difficulty with the absence of god Mm -hmm. you started talking to us in in uh, before we had to go to our break about fellowship and i'd love for you to just expand on that yes that scripture that that's that where the Apostle Paul says that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings. And we get to know Jesus in suffering. And uh, I love how you how you put it that that for us, we feel like God is so present with us in prosperity mm-hmm. and so absent in in our suffering. And uh, nothing could be further from the truth. I remember many years ago when I was um, diagnosed with an incurable disease. And uh, it was right before I got diagnosed. It was December of 1997. And uh, every year I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? What's the word for this year? And I felt the presence of God come into that service. I was, you know, changing those transparencies. You remember those? The yes. projectors? <laughs> yeah. I was doing that. And I felt God just walk and, and, and stand right by me. I mean, so it was so real. I just looked down because I thought, if I look over, I'm going to see him. Obviously, it was not, you know, I, I wasn't going to see him. But uh, I could feel him. And I said, I, I've learned to ask this question because God is so big. Mm-hmm. But when he comes to you, he reveals himself in a very particular way. And so I say, Lord, why are you here? Why are you here? And how do you want to reveal yourself to me? Mm. And he said to me, I am your comforter. And I received that and I felt the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I had no idea. We had just been married. Everything was great, right? Everything was awesome. Well, um, that was December, right before the the turn of the year. And in January, I began getting sick and sick and sick. And for two years, I was in bed uh, with infections, with fevers, where the doctor said, mm-hmm. you're not going to make it. You have three months to live. They, they told Brian that. He never told me that. But I met the comforter that year. Mm-hmm. There were days when Brian would go to work, and my eyes were burning. I couldn't move. I was so sick. And all I could do was talk to God. I couldn't read my Bible. I, I couldn't. I couldn't physically read my Bible. Uh, I didn't have any audiobooks or apps. So I would just talk to God, and he comforted me. But without that suffering, I would have never, ever known the comforter. So there's parts yeah. of God, aspects of God, that we cannot know without suffering. And it is the mercy of God to allow us to go through suffering so that we can know his glory, we can know his comfort and his mercy. So you talked about my daughter and how for uh, since she got sick in 2016 when she was 12 years old, um, she got uh, spasms in her stomach, my, uh, stomach migraines they called it, and uh, head migraines to the point where she couldn't see light. She would have to be in completely dark rooms uh, with no noise, with no sound, and the pain wouldn't go away. 24-7 pain, um, sleep medications wouldn't work, and um, that went on for many, many years. And that was not just a trial for my daughter. Of course, when somebody in your family suffers, you know that everybody in the family is suffering. Mm -hmm. So we went through the darkest of times, all of us, because when one of your kids is sick, what happens? 
you just place all your attention on that emergency, right? And so the other two kids were perfectly fine, perfectly healthy. They had parties to go to and games to play and things to do, but they couldn't mm -hmm. because we were in hospitals. You know, every week we were in hospitals, so they had to wait, and they, they couldn't talk to us because we were, you know, involved in this. And so they had a lot of pain and, and, and confusion in their lives. Am I important to my parents? So mm -hmm. we had that stretch of how do we do – we were very involved in ministry. We were pastoring a church, dealing with this emergency, having to – to help our other kids and we just had to rely on God and the Lord said your breakthrough is in your praise your breakthrough is in your praise M my daughter did not get well until 2021 wow 2016 to 2021 it was mm -hmm. it was a, a just a trail of tears for the whole family and the Lord would say again and again your breakthrough is in your praise and so every time something would happen uh, when things look bleak, I remember Brian and I just lifting our hands and saying, God, no matter what happens, you are worthy of our praise. Mm -hmm. And we would we get to know God in different ways. And, and you know what? All of us are better for it mm -hmm. because we see mm -hmm. suffering in a different light. We can spot it. We can smell it. We can mm -hmm. sense it. We, can, we, we know it. When somebody's suffering, we can go, hey, we can sit down with him and say, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Because we, we, we know it. Yeah. Right. Mm. And so we know Jesus in that way. And although I wouldn't wish that experience on anyone, I know that everybody will go through a cross experience. And I do I do wish that we would get to know the cross because without the cross, there's no resurrection. And um, just grateful for that. And, and I just want to encourage every parent who's going through something like that. You don't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel, but you just you, you have to know. Just keep repeating this to yourself. God is faithful. God will see me through. And God is teaching me things about him and about myself that I would not learn would have not been for this trial. So rejoice in those trials. You're going to come out of them leaning on your beloved. Not mm -hmm. arrogant, not depending on yourself, but leaning on him and uh, knowing him better for it. Wow. You know, I, I really appreciate those words because, um, you know, nothing compared to what your daughter has been through or what you went through with your health struggles. But the struggles with, uh, you know, Logan and his injury, it's mm -hmm. so much more than just the injury, right? It, yes. He's looking at it as, am I going to play college ball? Am I going to get well? Am I going to be able to do that? It, it, you know, how are people going to see, how are scouts going to see me now? Because yes. I've been hurt all year. And so for him <clears throat> to walk through this under our roof, our prayer has been, Okay, Lord, teach him how to be humble. Mm. Teach him how to lean on you. Teach him that this is not about him, that everything that you have given him talent-wise is from you and used mm -hmm. to glorify you. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all about turning things around because we never know how, great, how, how good we have it until it's gone. Yeah. Right. And when you're walking through that, then you can look back later and go, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, mm -hmm. Lord. I've come out on the other side. And how can I use this mm -hmm. to uh, serve others? How can I use this to impact others? How can I use this to help others? Right. And glorify your name. Um, such a great um, picture of who our father is. Um, for sure. Wow. Thank you. Mercy, you know, I know as we have listeners who are listening to this and they go, this sounds kind of too good to be true. Like, how can this be that my life is this difficult, yet there's a God who wants to comfort me? There's yeah. a God who enjoys when I speak words of praise. How, what can our listeners do today if they say, you know, I, I want to know this Jesus that Mercy is talking about. I, I, I just, I want to know him and experience him the way that that she does what can they do oh i love that question it's the most <laughs> important question that you can get answered and and answer yourself mm -hmm. but the first thing is to know not to do but to know you you have to know that god created you to be with him mm -hmm. god didn't create you to do anything to be successful to be better than anyone to be prettier than anyone god created you for relationship mm -hmm. he wants to be your father he that's he that's who he is and he wants you to discover that so um God created you to be with him. The second thing is that our sins separate us from God. 
we were created to be with him, but our sins, the, the things that we do that are displeasing to God, separate us from a holy God who is perfect, who is all good. And because those sins separate us from God, we don't have a relationship with him, and that needs to be fixed, right? Um, sins, our sins... The, the things that you do, the thing, things that I do, cannot be removed by good deeds. Mm-hmm. We can do good deeds all of our lives, mm-hmm. and our sin will still remain on us, right? Like like a like a big stain. It doesn't get it doesn't get cleaned with just water, right? It, it has to be supernaturally removed. And the way that He removed it is, and, and remember the beginning, God created us to be with Him, so He sent His Son mm-hmm. to pay for our sins. Sins don't get uh, washed away, they get paid for. Mm-hmm. And so he sent his son to pay for our sins so we didn't have to be separated from him. And, you know, we, we hear about, well, he sent his son so that we don't go to hell. True. But, but, the, but the real truth of it is that he wanted his son to come so that we could be with him. Mm-hmm. It's not to be saved from, but to be saved to a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with God. So Jesus came, paid the price for your sins, all the bad things that you've done. He paid the price and said, I'm going to pay for it. He died and rose again, and he lives today. Um, and everybody who trusts in him can have life. Everybody. Everybody, no matter what the, no matter if you're a, a murderer, no matter if you're deep into porn, no matter if you're, if you think that your, that your lies, that your sins are, are little, everybody who puts his trust in him can have eternal life with God in heaven. And this is the best part, that if you accept Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, life with God starts now and lasts forever. You don't have yeah. to be you don't have to be alone again. You can say yes to Jesus. He introduces you to the Father and the Holy Spirit, and you have this powerful relationship with a God who created you with, for a purpose, and then you get to know who you are and why you're on this earth. Mm. Listening friends, um, if you would like to accept Jesus and you just don't know how to do it, friends, it's as simple as Romans ten nine and 10. If you declare mm-hmm. with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. Declare it with your mouth, friends. And I, we would encourage you today to find a church that preaches the Bible. Go and tell a pastor that you want to know more about the Lord, that you want to know more about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, find that church. And we love you. You know, here at Love Talk, you can always call us on the love line at 512-644-7972. We'll send you a Bible and we'll get you... Um, started on that path. Friends, we love you so much. Mercy Allered, thank you so much for joining us today. Mercy, how can people get in touch with you? Well, you can email me at mercy at americapraise.org. Perfect. Mercy at americapraise.org. Uh, for my beautiful co-host, Kathy Endebrock, I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and we will see you next Saturday right here on Love Talk.